Welcome to Audiodrome. I'm Riley. With me is Doug. Hello. And Carlos. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Nothing much, man. How about you? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing at all. It's hard to be here. Yeah. It's already August, you guys. Can you believe that? <laughs> How's the weather over there, Doug? Are you still hot? It's pretty warm. Uh, I'm in a new place, uh, so it's less warm. My old place, I just recently moved, my old place would get to the hundreds inside. I was wondering if that place had burned down just from the heat yet. Just from it just it imploded on itself basically. It's caught fire. It might have. That place was dumb. In, inside <laughs> the apartment, we get into the hundreds. I'm just guessing. I mean, of course, there's no thermometer in there to to guess, but it yeah, just it just it was, trapped heat. It was unbelievable. If there was a thermometer in there, the top would have broken off. The glass, Mer- the glass everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. Well, guys, getting into some news here. Have you guys? Did you guys hear about this uh, girl that had the um, bomb device attached to her neck in, uh, oh, in Australia? I think mm-hmm. sort of. I think I, I basically uh, I saw it on Yahoo News or something. What What was the deal? Uh, some some guy that she, some stranger burst into her her house. She lives with her parents. She's a high school student. Burst into her house and uh, affixed a um a device around her neck with like a chain or something like that. There, it was. She, it's she awake. She was awake, yeah. I, I don't know if you know there was a struggle or whatever, but um, like he, seduced uh, her and then put it on. I don't think he seduced her. <laughs> he just uh, just strapped it on her and and told her it was a, a a bomb and he had some demands, but they didn't. The uh, articles I found didn't outline what the demands were, but it took them ten hours to get it uh, off of her. The entire time was it actually actually a bomb in there? No, it was not. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Where did this guy go? Uh, he just disappeared into the afternoon. Hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a, a big practical joke then, basically. I, I guess so. A hoax. You know, a hoax, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> 10 hours, though. 10 hours it took to take it off because obviously they didn't know until... Well, not obviously, but I mean, they didn't know until they took it off. And they obviously wouldn't, you know... They were just going to mess around, you know, assume it was fake, so... It turns out it was just like a like a small hula hoop filled with nerds. The candy nerds, and that's all it was. <laughs> that's what it was. It was, it was a nerd rope. It was a nerd rope uh, with like a stopwatch taped to it. Yeah, I was thinking it was more like pop rocks on the inside, and if you try to take it off, there's also some soda pop in there. Mm. Oh, it's got two separate chambers. Exactly. <laughs> that would be a real bomb then. I think It'd blow a head right off with something like that. You guys ever done that? Have you ever done the pop rocks soda thing? Of yeah. course, yeah. of course. Yeah. I died. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> Sad. This is uh, this is kind of related. You know, there's that movie coming out, 30 Minutes or Less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from the dire- director of Zombieland. From the director of Zombieland. Someone's been reading some benches. Uh, no, I've seen, I've seen ads. Mind. Well, there's oh. ads everywhere. Anyways, uh, you know, it's about a pizza delivery guy who gets a bomb, you know, strapped to him. Uh, Hilarious. He's got to rob a bank. But didn't something like that actually happen? Yes. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because actually... Uh, the family behind the guy that actually did like get his head blown off um, because that happened to him, they are pissed off at at the people that have made this movie and some of the people that have made the movie that the writers especially have claimed that they didn't really know about that previous story. They are just kind of writing this off the top of their head, and it's kind of it's kind of creating a little bit of a stir right now, especially around the time of the release. Yeah, so, 
I can see that. Yeah. I, I think I think it might have been the director or somebody that said like, you know, the only thing that's common is that there's like a bomb strapped to somebody. It's yeah, like, and that they're both pizza delivery guys. Yeah, yeah. pizza delivery they, guys. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, what else do you need? Yeah, exactly. I, I think those two things are enough to make it too close for comfort. Although I do think that movie looks funny. Uh, it is a strange, strange fodder for like a comedy. Yeah, well, it's got some funny people in it. I mean, it's got Swartzen and uh, Aziz Ansari and uh, what's his name? Danny McBride. There you go, Danny McBride. So. It also has one unfunny person in it. Who's Jesse. that? Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. He, he can he can be really funny. Have you seen the Social Network? He's the straight man. You need <laughs> He's him. hilarious in that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be good, but yeah, it's it's weird to kind of, I mean, the whole the whole premise of the movie is based on this kind of tragedy, you know. So that's kind of weird. It is weird. It's a weird idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. So anyway, so nothing happened to this guy in the real story. This new one. No, they're still looking for him. They got well, they got guy... some prints off him today. This guy is just a little prankster, man. And he, it doesn't say what his demands are. It had to have been something to do with money, I would hope. I don't know. Though, if it was, if it had to do with money, you'd think it would be easier for them, the, you know, to find him because you can't just, you know, where does the money go? <laughs> Wait, I, I lost. You can't just say like <laughs> I want money. You have to say like I want money, and this is how to give it to me. Oh. You know? Go to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Where does the money go? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, then what the... Uh, yeah, this guy's stupid then. He, he, what was he looking for? The Maltese Falcon or something? I don't no, know. He's, this is all conjecture. He tricked everyone, man. It's not stupid at all. <laughs> he didn't get what he wanted. Ten hours. He just wanted a little bit of time. That's all he wanted. Ten hours. <laughs> to get away? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's victimless, too. It's totally victimless. <laughs> Poor girl. Terrified. Jesus Christ, could you imagine? Well, the no. only thing I, I was kind of not concerned, that's definitely not the right word, but I was interested in that they couldn't identify, I guess, right away that it was not a bomb. You figure bomb squad people would have a little bit more expertise, you know what I mean? Well, I, I think that what it comes down to, they, they x-rayed it and stuff, but I think with that kind of thing, what it comes down to is they couldn't identify that it wasn't not a bomb. One of those arguments. Well, because if if you know, unless you can prove it's not a bomb, then you Better have to treat it yeah. like it's a bomb. You can't just be like, I don't know, it doesn't. I don't think it's a bomb. Better safe than sorry when it comes to bombs. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's ten hours that they're never going to get back. That, that guy stole. That's what he wanted. He stole ten hours from him, like you said, Doug. That's what I'm go. saying. That's it. <laughs> Everyone's happy at the end. No one got blown up. He got his ten hours. It's fine. I'd still be pretty pissed at that guy if I was a girl, though. Yeah, I don't think pissed would be the word, but yeah, I would definitely be something. <laughs> I'd be really sad. I'd be, I'd be upset. <laughs> so I was reading a, an article from uh, Escondido, actually, the, the North County Times, you know, an area that we're all familiar with, North County, mm -hmm. San Diego. And it's, it was just talking about this, uh, this juggalo problem that they're having down there. <laughs> what do you mean? Isn't that a problem everywhere? Well, yes, but I guess they're having a specific problem uh, in Escondido with juggalos strong ar strong arm robbing people and you oh know, my god, what? Act acting like a gang. That's insane. Yeah, I hope, they, I hope they keep it up so then the real gangs will, will put it to them. You know what I mean? Los Mags. Well, they said they're already having <laughs> <laughs> the real gangs. The real gangs. <laughs> They said they're already they're already uh, having altercations with 
rival Hispanic gangs and stuff. Oh, oh they they better be careful. <laughs> good. I'm saying good. Yeah. I hope they uh, finally put out some good music. Thing is, the the uh, the way of juggalo life is a peaceful one, really. I oh, don't yeah. understand why there's robbery going on. Didn't they throw feces at like Tila Tequila? Yeah, yeah, they just pelted her with stuff. Yeah, I mean they're 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 they are a peace loving, you know, underdog group. That's what, just like what you know, that's what Violent J says. Wait, what's his name? Violent J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird that they did that. I, I just I don't get if if you're gonna be a juggalo though, like what's what do you what is your ethos? I guess dress what's up your... a clown and and do things for the fam. Okay, but I mean that's it. Yep. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of mud involved if you're a juggalo. There's just kind of. You're always muddy. Wherever you go, there's mud on the ground. I feel like that that's a big part of juggle of life. A lot of mud uh, on the ends of your like baggy Jinko jeans. Yeah, yeah. All frayed and all that. Mm-hmm. My question to you would be how is the mud created? Is it urine and dirt or rain and dirt or beer and dirt? It's urine, dirt, and butt dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and tit dirt. <laughs> you did <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> jugglers just need to go away. I think yep. for a while. North County, though, uh, North County's been having a lot of issues. I feel like have they? Think so. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, now okay. Um, I uh, I recently this is this is gonna sound weird, but I've uh, for some reason been browsing some some hate group forums online. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't sound weird at all. Right. Right. Um, no, I don't know. Like, I just read Boys from Brazil recently, and it's talking about <laughs> Hitler and all this stuff. So, you know, it's like Wikipedia, the internet, it takes you strange places. I've it read does. BFE. I've read BFE. Have you? No. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of uh, hate groups in North County, I feel. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Okay, okay. And, and that's all that matters is that we think it's true. Oh, of course. <laughs> Right, because we've always been right, especially on this program. Yes, that's what we're known for. <laughs> so this is a, this is a just one of the macabre kind of stories that that uh, I like to talk about, but it, it, it's sad, and uh, I always find myself in this conundrum. But the the headline I think is is the biggest kind of like selling point here. But the the headline is Virginia girl found eating herself in cage in mobile home. Parents Brian and Shannon Gore charged. Shane who? Shannon Gore. What's her last name? Gore. Kind of funny. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 kind of converted a, a crib in their in their mobile home to a cage, and they had their six year old daughter in there, and she was now the eating herself thing. She was like eating dry skin off of her arms, which is gross and sad, but I don't think she was trying to eat herself. Right. I don't think she was like, you know, trying to like it's like when like when kids eat boogers, you know, they just want to see what that tastes like. Uh, yeah, I don't think she was like. Not, trying they're to not like, trying to sustain themselves on it. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't think I don't think that's what she was trying to do, and I don't think she was trying to eat herself entirely. Well, that's up for debate, you know. You got to go into the mind of the six-year-old, like the cell. You ever seen the movie The Cell? <laughs> <I love> the <laughs> Cell. 
<laughs> yes, I've seen that movie. Where was this again? This is in um North County. No, this is <laughs> not. This is in Virginia. Oh man, what a bummer! Why was she eating herself? Did they say? No, they didn't say. They kind Why of was made... she in a cage? I think is the real question. That is the real question. Yeah, you know how kids are. Kids are jerks. They just get caged up sometimes. <laughs> the neighbors said that they ne- they had never seen her. I bet they have. In the six years that they've that they've lived there, and that she's been alive. That's pretty crazy. That's crazy. But that they saw that the they found they also found a month old baby in there that was apparently in good condition, and the neighbors had seen that baby, but they'd never seen huh. this little girl. Oh, so they're just kind of trying something new with this six year old. <laughs> yeah, it's like Montessori. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I would assume the kid's not going to school because it's too busy eating skin in the cage. Right? Yep. Everything they need to learn. No, they learned from the parents, the Gores, the Gore family. Gore family. Have you guys seen the people under the stairs? I yes. have not. Yes. It's a cool movie. It uh, it was it was one of those movies that I saw a scene from when I was like four or five, and it mm-hmm. it really. I don't want to say scarred me, but it really stayed with me. It was like your judgment night? It was like my judgment night, basically. And <laughs> you know, for the longest time, I thought it was the scariest movie ever. And then I saw it when I was in high school or something, and it's pretty goofy. It uh, is. It is goofy. But it's cool. That, that's uh, The scene that I saw was like this bloody woman trying to shove this kid into a boiling hot bathtub. That's and pretty she, cool. And she's screaming, like, we got to get you clean. You're filthy. And the, and the little girl's, like, obviously screaming and getting burned by this water, uh, which is horrifying. But in the context of the movie, it's. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's cool. something in your past that maybe created that anxiety towards that scene. Like myself, two- myself being thrown into a boiling hot bathtub? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what I was getting at. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's let's move on. <laughs> That's kind of it for the news. I mean, they're also they found that UFO or whatever at the bottom of the ocean, but I I don't know. There's not enough on that to really weigh in. Did you guys hear I about that? No, I haven't even heard about that. I've not heard about that. These like uh, treasure hunters kind of they found or you know like uh, they did some sort of uh, you know imaging underwater and they found this this um, I don't know anomaly on the bottom of the of the ocean floor and it it looks like the millennium falcon but uh they don't know what it is it an actual craft or is it just a rock formation it's i mean it's impossible to tell i i can't tell you it's an actual craft i mean that would be huge but it's it's a it's a strange strangely circular rock formation that that they say looks like it has a um like a landing track that's like 900 almost a thousand feet long and it's about 60, 60 feet in diameter. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, check it out. We'll keep we'll keep following that one. If it's aliens, well, this is all for gonna nothing. Ch- gonna, gonna change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will keep thing, the show. It's gonna change. <laughs> I, it's up to it's up to them. I think. Yeah. Kodos. <laughs> <laughs> Did this just come out today? No, that that uh, I read about that. Like on the first or so, it's it's been out for about a week or so. Oh Jesus! Okay, I've been. Gizmondo has a story on it. Who's that? Gizmondo. It's like a tech blog or something, like a tech. Uh... Gotcha. Sounds like a, a funny name for a person. Gizmondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. General Gizmondo. 
So you guys been talking to Cleverbot? Uh, look I have Cleverbot. Yeah, I didn't do it a whole lot. I probably did it for you know about 15 minutes here and there. It's it's I really don't know what to make of it. It's kind of creepy, definitely. Um, I don't know. I think it's way cool. in. I was uh I was looking into it a little bit. I might be wrong here, but it's been around since '97, or that's when it was first rolled out. Oh, really? I think so. Uh, I was just reading the Wikipedia page. I might be wrong. But right like, now? <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> now, what used to be called, uh, the name's on the bottom of the, the Clever Bot, like Jabberwocky or something like that. Mm. Uh, maybe that was created in 97 and it's eventually turned into Clever Bot. Okay. But I guess it's not the newest thing. It's not, it's not, not super new, no. Yeah. But it's just kind of, um, Picking up, picking up speed, getting getting the the uh, information I think it needs to to sort of um, to talk with people. Yeah, so I mean, like we were talking about, it it gathers information based on other people's responses. Yeah, so like anything that. you say to it, it goes into its directory, and now it has that as a as a possible outcome. And I don't know if it can edit together two sentences or if it just has to deliver back fully formed sentences that were like that were given directly to it if you know what i mean like i don't know if it can yeah yeah take out the nouns and and replace them and stuff like that um but i don't know it's silly i don't think it's going to trick anybody any anytime soon but i think it's just interesting how it um is able to give somewhat reasonable responses to things even though they end up pretty silly like i have one here on my screen that uh says it, it started I said, what are we doing? And said, I don't know, what are we doing? And then for you know, no reason at all, it, it started denying that it was a robot. which is Right, that, that, that's what it always turned into for me. It would mm-hmm. always just go back into like, well, I don't need to listen to you because you're not human. And then it just goes down that route. Uh, so I'm not a human. Cleverbot is not a robot. That, that seemed to be like the conclusion of all of our conversations. And then yeah. I would just frustrated and say like, ah, whatever. It is frustrating, but I thought it was kind of, it was sort of funny that like it was just unprovoked saying, "Well, I'm not a robot," and like I we hadn't even talked about anything like that. And then uh, we kind of went around. and I said, "Well, aren't you, uh, you know, a robot?" And he it said, "No, I'm a dingbat." And then I asked, <laughs> "What's a dingbat?" And it told me it's a very vile creature. And then I asked, "What does it look like?" And it said, "It looks like a yellow monkey tail." <laughs> so I mean, it's not. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, man, there's really a person on the other end there. But um, it's interesting, and it's right now it's entertaining, but I think it has the, the makings of, of becoming a real AI that could could trick you. Could take over the world. Well, first it would just trick you. On the, on the page itself, it said something uh, like 42% clever or 42% like intelligent or something yeah, machine like intelligence competition 42% human yeah yeah any idea what's up with that no I don't but I was uh I was listening to um an episode of Radiolab and they were talking about Cleverbot this is like right before kind of what got me thinking about it last time but they were they made a cool point which is that um uh a Turing test is is a test developed by Alan Turing that um is used to determine if uh if something that you're talking to is a robot or not and um they were doing similar kind of turing tests on these different 
AIs that were at this uh, like competition, and they were saying that 30% is kind of the what you're shooting for to be kind of a, a, a passable artificial intelligence, and that's kind of like 50% of 50% sort of around there because at 50%, um, then it's indecipherable. You know, you're just it's just luck will have the same or chance will just have the same probability of determining whether something's a robot or a human. You know what I mean? Okay. So if I'm talking to you, and I, I know you're either a robot or a human, so I'm administering this Turing test, and so if the Turing test, if you're passing it 50% of the time, then that means that you're doing the same as if I were to just say, okay, this one's a robot, this one's a human, and just guessing. I'd be right okay. 50% of the time. Okay. Um, so 42% sounds ridiculously high. I don't know. I don't know okay. about that. That's okay. like, that'd be crazy tricky. And I think that. So you say? Go ahead. No, I was saying. So you're saying it's like, is it like those questions that they ask the Android and uh? Yeah, the, the Voight Kampf uh, in Blade Runner. Beginning, the beginning. Yeah, the beginning of Blade Runner. Is that the, what you're talking about? Yeah, the Voight Kampf is kind of like based on a Turing test. Ah, interesting. But yeah, the Turing test is the real world equivalent of that. And cool. then like captchas, you know, captchas when you have to uh, prove that you're human. Mm-hmm. That's a I do not know what is that reverse Turing test. It's like if you're signing up for a new email account or something, and it makes you type. Oh in yeah, 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 yeah. The, the squiggly, the squiggly letters. Sometimes I can't read it. Does that mean I'm? That human? means you're a machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be really hard for you. They like stretch out the letters and upside down and all t- manner of things. There have been a couple, I'll admit, where uh, had to get a new one. That one's not going to work for me. Yeah, sometimes they'll they'll throw in like kanji and stuff. You just can't read it. Then you're just screwed. You need a new keyboard to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. a problem. Yeah, so I, I think Cleverbot's pretty cool. I, I think that it's it's part of a really cool kind of emergent technology. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. What I mean, uh, what made it so popular all of a sudden? Because I remember seeing things on Reddit about it, and you mentioned that podcast is talking about it and stuff. What's with this? I really don't know. I think probably Reddit does have some, something to do with it. I was, you know, that's where I first saw it. It was just kind of getting big on people posting screen caps of funny conversations on Reddit. And then yeah, I yeah. heard the, the radio show and, and uh, I don't know. That's all. That's kind of my experience with it. It's just those two things. But you heard our radio show? And no, then you... the radio lab radio show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just go into like some sort of catatonic state during these and have to re- re-listen to them. Must be entertaining for you. What's Cleverbot? <laughs> look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I have to watch this Blade Runner. Yeah. Hey, what, what is this film? <laughs> Speaking of films, uh, Carlos, you're saying you, you saw a film. We didn't really get into it, but uh, you saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I did. I saw uh, Rot Poda. I think is what they're calling it. Mm. Rise. Of the, <laughs> that's the acronym. Are Rot people Poda. really calling it that? Yeah, I don't know. If, how do you guys feel about the uh, Tim Burton uh, update of Planet of the Apes? Did you yeah, guys like that one? Did not like it. No, I never saw it. Okay, it's probably not really worth seeing. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> all, right. all right, perfect. All right. Uh, so you but, review this movie just by kind of half reviewing an old movie? Yeah, sort of. But I think a big difference, um, obviously, between that movie and as well as the the predecessors, the more uh, ancient Planet of the Apes movies is that those were 
people people in ape costumes. While this movie, the the simians are completely digital, um, and I thought it was pretty cool, uh, especially with the the lead character uh, Caesar, who is I'm not going to give too much away, but he's rescued from uh, this experiment where the doctors are trying to develop a cure for Alzheimer's for the James Franco doctor character's father. And of course, inadvertently they do something too much and it, it makes, uh, this drug makes people smarter, makes, and then subsequently makes apes smarter or vice versa, whatever. But, uh, what was cool about it was you, you see the change of, of this ape Caesar as he kind of finds his, his place in the world He's never been around apes before, and he's taken home by James Franco and raised by him. And obviously, eventually, he he hooks back up with ape, hooks up with apes, and just to kind of see the transformation of him, it, it's very human. And uh, I think a lot of it is obviously owed to the the actor that portrayed him, Andy Serkis, who <laughs> it's really funny to watch like the behind the scenes um, with him doing it because it's basically a dude. He's also Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies and King Kong in the, in the the newer King Kong. He's doing all these movements and all these facial expressions, but he's human and he's like doing it with James Franco and stuff. It, it's pretty funny. Do it's we? pretty weird. Yeah, like doing the facial expressions like oh. right next to him. He just has like all the little balls. That's <laughs> sounding really weird now. <laughs> James Franco's hooking up with the apes. So this is what happened. He's doing it with James Franco and there's all these balls all over his head. <laughs> No, basically, so he's acting next to James Franco, and he does have indeed these the suit that has a bunch of balls on it, I guess, for motion capture technology. Um, and it's just weird to see that. But then when it comes, um, they obviously, I don't know what you call it, superimpose or whatnot, the uh, the ape animation over it, it looks really cool. Like the, the facial expressions and the kind of almost learning quality of it uh it's pretty interesting and i i enjoyed the movie overall quite a bit it's 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 definitely kind of a a dumb movie in a lot of ways um i i would like to think of it kind of a, almost like fast five kind of dumb but i think it's better than that but it, i kind of had the same kind of feeling coming out of it um where it's just kind of this kind of big silly adventure but it was, it was very entertaining and i thought it was, it was very very well done um the only thing that it, it kind of brings me to another topic, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Uncanny Valley before. Yes. Yeah. Mm-mm. Doug, you haven't heard of that? No, I don't know. No. Riley, Riley could probably do a better job of explaining it if you. Uh, it just says basically that um, when you are dealing with um, computer generated human images, that as you get to a certain point, the audience is able to uh, connect with them more and more as they look more realistic but after you get to a certain point they uh they look there's just a phoniness to them or like a deadness in the eyes especially is what it's often referenced and it just it makes you more detached than if something was a little more cartoony interesting okay i think david talked about it a bit um with his uh la noir audio blog on our yeah i think he did oh okay episodes. okay i believe it didn't I just I just I bring it up just because it, it's it's interesting to see how how obviously digital imagery, especially in film, has progressed, uh, and to see where it will go, you know, from here. But I think for the barring a few um, kind of moments, probably in the film, for the most part, I think the apes look pretty cool. They look definitely definitely real, and 
yeah, so I, I'd recommend everybody to check it out if you haven't seen it. That's cool. I don't want to bag on it, but they look pretty phony in a lot of the, the trailers I've been seeing. But but if you say they, they, they look good when in the movie. I don't know. Old. I'm not a big ape person, so. I no, it was look- more just like, a, you know, when you kind of get a sense that that thing is not really there. You know, like whatever whatever that CG thing you're looking at just doesn't seem like it's really interacting with its environment. Well, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely don't. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm focusing this more on, like I said, the main character, uh, Caesar, and so I, I maybe they just put more work into that one than I guess what you're saying. But but, but he, when he was on screen, I definitely felt like he was interacting with his environment and with the other uh, human actors. And I think that's what matters. And and hearing you say that in the movie it works is is way more important than how it looks on a, on the you know a TV spot because you don't have the context to put it in with the TV spot. So sometimes it's hard, but when it's right, all exactly. kind of just happening, then it, right. you take it all kind of as a, as a whole. Yeah. I'm def- I'm sure there was definitely some of that going on too. You know, I was kind of into it and everything. So it was, it, it worked. The illusion worked the movie magic. Cool. I would like to so see that. Was cool. I find it weird that James Franco is like not in the TV spots at all or very, yeah, little. I don't know. It, it's, I guess obviously they're kind of focusing more on just the kind of, you know, zombie ish, movie just the inmates running the asylum type craziness uh of the the apes just running amok um and they they kind of they kind of get a little bit they try to make a little bit of a point i think with just the whole playing god and stuff you have to see it but yeah. uh, for the most part it's just just kind of fun and especially when when the you know the poop hits the fan it, it's pretty it's pretty wild pretty wild at the end so it's cool cool Oh, check it out. Is is it? It's kind of like a reboot, right, of the franchise, or does it tie into the? Well, I'm not gonna go there. Okay. All right, all right. Fair. Well, you're gonna have to find that out for yourself. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Everything's a reboot now. I think it's just a reboot, right? <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really where? Not. Oh, really? Okay. What about? Have you seen? I mean, the first one, obviously, but I mean, there's a whole bunch of Planet of the Eight movies, aren't there? I, have, I haven't seen any of them besides the, the original and the remake, and now oh. this one. Yeah, there's, isn't there, like, three other ones? I don't know exactly, but there are quite a few, and there was a TV show. Yep. Um, yeah, I know this one went through, I, I think it was sort of, like, based on one of the older fran- uh, series uh, sequels. That was, huh. like, a, a Rise rise of the Apes kind of thing. Do you know anything about the... the, the uh, title changes and stuff with this this is kind of like something that bugs me it was originally called like caesar and then it was going to be called rise of the apes which i think is a way better name but i think they wanted to tie it in with the planet of the apes so that's why it's now rise of the planet of the apes which is a strange name silly name awesome name awesome sorry awesome (laughs) name no it it definitely it definitely sucks the name definitely sucks yeah caesar I, mean, I like I like that title. Caesar, I don't like either. That that's Caesar, <laughs> the monkey. <laughs> yeah, the most famous Caesar that nobody's heard of yet. Right. Anyway, check it out. Fast Five. Also watch that if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Preferably one. after a forty of Country Club. Mandatory, not preferred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Nice, nice. So, so Doug, you are uh, gonna explain to us the uh, the DC Universe reboot? Is that? <laughs> oh man, uh, no. Is that I how just, you want me to set that up? Is that? I had, I had more questions than anything else about it. And, uh, 
We well, talked about the podcast before we recorded a little bit. I'm like, oh, DC Universe, what do you know about that, Riley? He's like, not much. Here, we'll talk about it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> not, you didn't say DC Universe, what do you know about that? You said DC Universe Reboot, what do you know no, about that? No, well, the, the reboot, the reboot, I for know sure. a little bit about the DC Universe. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> Uh, well, I guarantee you know a hell of a lot more than me. But apparently, this is a big deal that's going on with the whole DC comic thing. I'm not, I'm not the most well versed person when it comes to comics. Uh, I've, I've read my, I've read my Batman's and things like that, but not. Uh, I haven't gotten too much into the superhero end of things as far as comics go. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. You uh, prefer the like more like Why the Last Man type, Walking Dead kind of stuff. I, yeah, well, that's what I've checked out. I honestly don't even know if I prefer it because I haven't even read that much superhero stuff. Okay. I'm, start, I'm starting to get more into it. Um, and once again, just like my hate group research, uh, comic internet research sends me on all sorts of crazy places, and I discover that basically at the end of the month, DC is trashing all of their current storylines. Wow. Or they're using, I mean, they're using this storyline that's going on right now to kind of conveniently tie everything up. Oh, wow. Uh, Flashpoint, right? Flashpoint, right. Um, which, which I'm reading, actually, which is interesting. Oh, are you? And Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, like you're going out and getting the monthly books and stuff? Or are you reading them on your iPad or something? I have. No, no, just getting the monthly books, which is something I've never done before. Um, and I'll get to Flashpoint in a second, okay. but... Um, so they're using the story of Flashpoint to wrap up all the storylines. And so starting August 31st, and I think it's just throughout the month of September, um, they're relaunching 52, I guess, lines. I don't even know what you would call them. Uh, titles? Titles. Yeah, there you go. Titles. Um, and they're just going back to one for all of these issues, which I guess is something that they've never done. I mean, like, I think is Action Comics the longest running DC title, I guess. I think it'd be probably the longest running title in like the world. Comic ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're on, I think they're going to end on issue 900 or something like that. And so I think it comes out September 7th. It's like action comics. Number one. Ooh. Totally restarting all the numbering and everything like that. Um, and it seems like a hell of a lot of people are pissed about this. Riley, I don't know if you've, if you've read anything. No, I haven't really. I mean, I've heard a little bit about it, but most of the things that I've heard, like, have just kind of ignored it, and I don't know why. I don't think that's going to work because it, it is, like you said, it's it's a universe wide or whatever, right? It's like the entire DC universe. Yeah, that's that's my understanding of it. So that stuff's going to change. People are going to have to accept it, I guess. I mean, they've done similar stuff before with this, like um, after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, in the 80s, when they kind of change... They do it every once in a while. I think we, we might have talked about this, but where they just kind of change, reboot these things, and have, have maybe uh, a different universe be created where now the the books are going to be focused on that universe, and it allows them to update the characters and have them, uh, you know, like, you have problems where Batman's parents are killed in, like, the 40s or the late 30s, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's, but he's, like, talking on a cell phone, and he's only... He's only in his early thirties, you know, it just doesn't work. So right. they'll do this kind of thing every once in a while and, and, uh, kind of streamline it and allow other, you know, like this would be the 
in their thinking, this is the perfect time for new readers to uh, jump on board and, and enjoy, you know, comics that, that, that were previously uh, inaccessible. Which is what's exciting about it to me, because yeah. I think this is really cool. And I think it's a great time for me to start getting into superhero comics. Uh, from the I, beginning. From the beginning. But I can understand how everyone would be pissed. But, I mean, I, I guess my main question is, and maybe no one has an answer for this yet, like, how, how different are they going to be? You know? I mean, the superheroes aren't looking any different. Um, I mean, their costumes are more or less very, very similar to what they were wearing for the most part. For the most part. Uh, I mean, are they changing? Like, is Batman's origin story still going to be the same? His parents get killed in Crime Alley and all that stuff? Or are they really... Just redoing all of this. Yeah, no, they'll they'll keep most. I mean, a lot of the things will be the same or similar. Sometimes what they'll do is like have um, a different character that's maybe a bigger has become a bigger name. Uh, you know, become more involved in it. Um, like in the original Batman uh, storyline, Joe Chill kills his parents, so maybe they'll change that to somebody that then they can yeah, okay. you know build up or. That would be more interesting to people that, you know, like, they're like, yeah, I've heard of the Joker or something like that, you know, like, do, <laughs> do like the 89 movie and just have the Joker kill his parents or whatever. But um, probably, they'll, you know, most they'll, they'll look mostly the same. They did just actually change what Batman looks like a little bit. They just changed the uh, um, the symbol on his chest. Oh, really? Yeah, when like when Bruce Wayne came back from the past, this is such a nerdy conversation. When he came back from the past, they gave him like the, the uh, he was wearing the yellow oval with the bat symbol, kind of like the movie. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And then I think the uh, Dick Grayson Batman or whatever still wore the old Batman costume. I don't know. So they'll do stuff like that, but it won't be like for the big you know Superman Batman stuff. They won't do any sort of huge overhaul on them. They'll just kind of retell the story set it in more modern times probably and have it be uh, uh easier for people to catch up to catch up okay to. okay um well it seems exciting and i guess well i guess my another question that i have is that you know what is making this thing different from just another infinite earth like universe shift i guess because like I, is it because they're just stopping everything else and starting new uh, with this August 31st thing? Because, like, you know, in the 80s, they did the Infinite Earth or whatever. Uh, did they keep the old storylines going on at the same time? And so it just kind of branched off? No, I mean, I guess there was a little bit of stuff like that, like with Hawkman and stuff. But um, for the most part, they did a very, they did a similar thing where it became a new Earth or whatever. It became Earth 1 and then the old one, the old... Golden Age comics or whatever, or Silver Age or whatever, were Earth 2, and so those things kind of still went along, and then they could they could go to Earth 2, and you'd look, and there'd be like an older Superman or an older Batman or whatever. Yeah, okay. But I don't know, maybe they're not doing that at all with this, but the problem is they will eventually go back to it. You can almost guarantee it, because people will say, you know, oh, I liked this one storyline that, that, you know, happened, and instead of wanting to retell, just to, just to retell this story that, uh that they want to play off, they'll try to tie it in somehow and it balls everything up and then nothing takes. Like, it just never takes, you know? Okay. Okay. 
Interesting. We'll see. Uh, they better not mess with the origin stories, or I'll get into my vintage Batman suit and go to the headquarters. Is that from Soundboard? Jeez, that was long. Uh, <laughs> who was that? Who was that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It could be exciting. I think it's cool. I don't. I'm not a big enough. Well, I like comics, but I don't really care about if they do this kind of thing because most of the comics I like to read are outside of the continuity anyway. Like right, right. The uh, Dark Knight Returns, stuff like that. You know, it's just all standalone. Yeah. Are you cool. enjoying doing that? Buying, you know, trying to buy the the comics every week? Or no, every... no, not at all. Uh, horrible, isn't it? I just suck a lot. It's pretty terrible. Well, I mean, I I, I just kind of did it out of curiosity, uh, <laughs> but I really couldn't imagine how it would be. Well, I don't know, because I mean, a lot of people—that's how they read comics, and mm-hmm. I don't understand how to how you would have the patience to do that. I don't know. There are other things going on in your life. I mean, you just. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, you just tear through an issue in like you know ten minutes, and then what? And then you gotta you, wait. You wait a month. Yep. And you know, I don't know. Might yeah. as well just wait and get the, the exactly. trades. Exactly. Yeah, I tried right. the actual same experiment last summer, and uh, yeah, we're just, you were doing a, like a Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah, the Return of Bruce Wayne, and it was infuriating. Like it, yeah. like I think the first two issues were on time, and then every issue after that was like delayed weeks and weeks and uh, it was just and then i and then you get done it and all it is is the lead up to another storyline that you're now you have to try to buy so i just said forget it yeah yeah that's uh i'm sure that's what this is going to turn into i'm gonna i got the batman uh batman side stories for the storyline that's going on right now it's just three issues and then uh i'm just gonna get the main storyline for uh Flashpoint or whatever the hell it is, but I don't think I will be continuing this single issue business. No, it's, it's for the birds. I was trying to think of the like price wise though. It's kind of similar. It's I sort think. of similar, except then it's slightly it, more expensive. Slightly more expensive, and then you have all the ads in there, and it's not one oh God, sort of nice looking book. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I'm. It's not like I'm caught up on stuff anyway, so I could just read you know some sort of trade and then trade paperback. That is. And then, uh, you know, buy this one when it comes out, if it's any good. Exactly. Get a nicer package. Cool, Doug. Definitely uh, keep us updated in the f- upcoming episodes on how that's going. <laughs> I do actually want to hear if you, if, you, if you start reading issues at number one. Right? Tell us how those are. I, w- I will probably check out a couple of those number ones, too, for sure. For cool. Sure. Um, I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> well, uh, let's, uh, let's listen to what David sent over. Have you guys listened to it yet? I have not. No. Let's check it out. The MPAA proudly presents Hollywood Currents with Dr. David Edwards. Up to the date film reviews from the man who knows best. Here's your host, PhD, Dr. David E. All right, thank you for tuning in. As you all know, I've got my PhD in entertainment, so trust me. Those butterflies in your stomach are perfectly normal, and I promise, this won't hurt a bit. On tonight's episode, I'm pleased to be reviewing the superhero mega-epic of the summer, starring the handsome young actor, and believe me folks, this guy has been earning his salary, bulking up to gargantuanly handsome levels for this role. Opposite the dreamy hunk in the lead is Hollywood starlet and it girl of the moment. 
From starring roles in multiple television series and recently breaking out in some high-profile feature film projects, this role certainly serves as a departure from her last in the quirky independent film that won her acclaim. She shines on the screen throughout the film, but glows brightest when she appears beside the stony-faced hero in a brief but steamy romance scene towards the end of the film. I'm certain you'll love her spunky attitude, clever quips, and unexpected penchant for heroics. Hint, hint. But getting down to brass tacks, and I'm sure you're all wondering, how are the action scenes? Well, rest assured there are plenty of computer-generated explosions, each more magnificent than the last. Carnage erupts throughout the city early in the film as the hero first confronts his nemesis, the deliciously malevolent villain played by the veteran stage actor and fan favorite who will no doubt be treated to at least one MTV Movie Award nomination. Here's a clip of their first encounter. With the stakes set high and the evil nemesis promising further attacks on not just the city but the galaxy itself, it's a race against time with our hero trailing in second place. He must think fast, but thinking isn't exactly his strong suit. And so he aligns his physical strengths and superpowers with the intelligence of his clever and comical scientist sidekick, played by the hilarious and portly comedian you might recognize from a series of popular beer commercials. Now, I understand that this was the director's first foray into 3D filmmaking, and it shows. His youthful enthusiasm for the new medium literally jumps off the screen, as do flaming cars, laser beams, and even a 500-foot snake. The unlimited edition 3D specs, silk screen with the superhero's trademarked insignia, make a wonderful collector's novelty, and are well worth the $3 bonus charge. Now, if you're waiting for me to spoil the ending for you, well, I've got troubling news. You gotta see it to believe it. However, I think I can safely reveal that this won't be the last chapter in our hero's story and a sequel is already slated for a summer release in 2013. Let's just hope I'm still alive to see it. And that's all for Hollywood Currents. I'm your host, Ph.D., Dr. David E. M.D. Hear you next time. <laughs> so what do you guys think? You want to see it? That sounds cool. I want to see it. That chick sounds hot, dude. She sounds really hot. <laughs> Movies are that, all the same. Was that uh was that my man uh Swift at the beginning? Rice Y? Yeah. Rice Y. <laughs> Good guess. I don't actually know. He sounds very uh professional. It certainly does. Carlos, what of your dream? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> dream. Perfect uh, yeah, segue. This, this one this one is definitely uh I would say the most, well, not the most harrowing, uh, but it, it, it was pretty, pretty rough. So, okay, let me set the, let me set it up here. So I live in a condominium complex and I have some neighbors across the way. Uh, there's kind of like a, two units, one on top of the other. And so there's some stairs going up to the, the top unit, obviously. And in this dream, it takes place in this, this real world uh, area and so I'm coming home. I don't even know from where. I forget what I have in my hand. It's a bag of something, hopefully groceries, not something weird. And I hear this this loud scream of a woman come from the upper unit across the way. And so being the hero that I am, I bound up the stairs 
and I, I, I go through, I look through the threshold of the door, and I see this, <clears throat> my woman, she's, she's all right looking. Kind of cute. What's up? Let me finish. So, so the thing is, it's my ex, a neighbor, okay? Yeah. And she's there, like, hysterical, um, looking at me, and she, like, points to her left, and so I take a step in, in the doorway, and, of course, there's this large... Uh, latino guy holding her baby in his right arm and he has a gun pointed at me in his left arm in his arm i mean his hand sorry yeah that didn't really make sense he has a gun in his like a robocop type guy so he has a gun in one hand and her baby in the other and so i'm like you know i put my hands up i'm like oh damn it this is not why i came up here i wanted to be something like minor a fire or something not a damn you know domestic almost get killed situation and so this this is part that's kind of comical so i'm trying to talk the guy down just say you know hey let's talk about this blah 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 and he's you know yelling and pointing the gun at me and i I asked the girl if she has any beers because this is pretty stressful and (laughs) (laughs) so 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 she she reaches she reaches in the fridge and gives me a Corona and opens it. And so I'm still trying to talk this guy down while taking sips of beer, which is pretty strange. And so eventually I, I get to the point where I, I kind of appeal logically. And I'm like, you know, the cops are already on their way. I'm sure they've heard all this. It'd probably just be best for you to, you know, before you get any deeper to just, you know, leave, just, you know, get out of here. And, uh, and he kind of, you know, takes a minute and a second and thinks, and he he kind of takes off towards the door with the kid. And so, me just being a jerk that I am, as he's running by, I trip, I trip him, <laughs> and in one motion, he th- he like lets go of the kid. I I snatch the kid up, perfectly set him down next to the mother, <laughs> and the guy the guy has like obviously like landed on his stomach in his face. And I, I mount him from the back, and I, I get him. In the- <laughs> oh, I get him in a shuffle. Hey, Rocky, get- can you send me that sound clip later? By the way, absolutely. Okay, thank you. So I, I get him. I get him in a chokehold, and I, I put him out. Right, and so I. I hope I, I think I killed him. I've never choked anybody out, so I was hoping I didn't kill him. But he he stopped moving, and his gun. You know, his gun was stopped moving, so I, I took the gun away. And uh, so the cop <laughs> the cops come. The cops come and we have our, our, you know, they're getting the report and the guys are getting hauled off to jail. And um, they're like, oh, you know, good job. You're a hero, blah, blah, blah. The girlfriend gives me, or yeah, the, the neighbor gives me her phone number, what have you, um, and so forth. And I remember thinking, I remember this part of the dream, like this emotion, just thinking, well, okay, if this guy's, you know, does he have family members or some sort of other affiliates that can, you know, uh, seek retribution and you know because he knows probably i live around the area he knows what i look like um and so i'm 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 pretty nervous at this point when i'm talking to the cops i'm like is this guy gonna you know get his get his friends or family to to come come after me so uh i'm not sure how this happened the kind of passage of time in my dream it wasn't like a uh i don't know i didn't grow a beard by that time or anything so i don't know (laughs) but anyway it was like (laughs) i felt like it was like a week or two later and uh, flash forward, and I'm coming home from like the gym or something, and at this point I'm already pretty paranoid just because I don't know this guy he was he seemed pretty crazy, and uh, you know I basically sent him to jail and and made him look stupid, 
by tripping him. And, um, <laughs> and so, and so I, I get out of my car in the parking lot and it's dark. And, um, I sort of see a figure kind of crouched down a car about five, five cars away. And, um, and so then he kind of gets out and I see like the, the flash of the, of their light and the street lights on his, uh, his Chrome pistol. And so I'm like, Oh damn. And so I take off running and I'm running like through the, the little condo, uh, areas and he's right behind me for, this is probably like a good minute. I'm just booking it. And I hear his footsteps and it gets to the point where it was like a movie where you kind of get, you get to like that right angled wall where like, if you just duck around the wall, you can kind of wait for him. You know what I mean? Say yes, please. I got you. Okay. I get what you mean. <laughs> All right. And so I, I got a decent, decent lead on him. And so I duck right behind the wall real quick. And I just remember it was, it was really, it's cool now, but it was obviously very scary just being able to hear his footsteps get closer and closer as he's running after me. And I always wondered about this. Like, it would be really hard to, to time sticking your foot out to trip that guy, like, you know, knowing when to do it. But somehow I did it perfectly. And right when he was running by, I tripped him and he fell right on his, his face and his face got all bloody. And, uh, and did so you I mounted him. I did indeed. I mounted him from the back as well and I choked him out. And then I sat on him and waited for the cops to come. And that was my dream. Oh, my gosh. So much conflict. A lot, I know. Of, a lot of tripping. Surprising <laughs> amount of tripping in that dream. Well, I'm running, just glad. running the trip game on that guy. The same move worked twice. Twice. Uh, as soon as you started mentioning uh, a female screaming, uh, I was thinking, you know, if I know anything about Carlos's dreams, I bet she's pretty good looking. I bet, <laughs> I, I bet she's a looker. And so as soon as you mentioned that, I just, I think both Riley and I just lost it. <laughs> Confirmed. Well, I'm, I mean, do you have, you have dreams of ugly women? Is that your dreams are like? Um, no, I guess not. You're perfectly, you're, you're perfectly normal, Carlos. Just... Your dreams, you just have such a, such grandiose ideas of yourself in your dreams. It's it's really incredible. You must love going to sleep. Are you that surprised? <laughs> no. Yeah, this is uh this seems about par, really. Dumb me for a little bit here. So <laughs> the, he- the hero that I am. I feel like someone should take these dream sequences and just take little audio snippets from them. Um and just make it like a two minute long absurd rant of Carlos. I'm just talking about it. He does a pretty good job at you know, 50-minute-long absurd rants on, <laughs> on many of our podcasts, so... No editing is necessary, perhaps. No editing required. I love it, man. I love it. Me too. Let's go out on that note. Can't get it, can't get much better than that. So, guys, it was uh, good talking to you. Ditto. Help, uh, help your neighbors, guys. Help your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ask for a beer while you are. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, Doug, Carlos... Talk to you next time. It's a pleasure. Sounds good. All right. Church. Roja, nadie sale de la fábrica. 
Moscú está helado. Moscú está helado. Sopra el viento en los motores del gran tren transiberiano. Solo un agente de guardia, solo en la sala de máquinas. Moscú está helado. Moscú está helado. Tune in next time. Uh, cut all that out. No, cut it, cut it all out. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>